Stanley Mack is a member of the Brunel Alumni Association. He is an experienced entrepreneur with a rich history of working in marketing and communications. Skilled in inbound marketing, digital marketing, and integrated marketing communications, with an MBA from the Henley Brunel MBA program. Originally from Hong Kong, he moved with his then employer to Singapore in 1986. Eventually, in 1998, the desire to build his own marketing company took over. Today, he leads iSmart Communications. He has successfully navigated the innovations that have radically changed marketing in that time and has an insatiable appetite for the innovations to come. And then in the second and third year, the business really boomed. Then I said, wow, hallelujah, never look back. Then during the dot-com boom period, I saw the opportunity of the internet. He was also vice president of the Hong Kong Singapore Business Association. He was the original president of the Henley Brunel MBA Alumni Association, which is now being renamed to the Henley Alumni Association and is no longer affiliated to Brunel University. Why don't you become president forever? I said, no, 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 I'm not Lee Kuan Yew. I don't want to become a president for life. His outside interests include being a keen language learner based on his professional language use and recreational travel. This conversation is the fifth in the pilot for the Brunel Alumni Association. The format is based on Entrepreneurs in Action, and we are looking to evolve it into a standalone podcast series focused on Brunel alumni based in Singapore. Send your ideas and suggestions to me on LinkedIn or in person at the next Brunel Alumni Association meetup in Singapore. So now, without further delay, let's begin. Stanley Mack, yeah. Can you just introduce yourself? I'm Stanley Mack. I'm now the CEO of iSmart Communications based in Singapore. I came to Singapore from Hong Kong in 1986. At that time, the only reason for me to move to Singapore is the fact that the British government had decided to return Hong Kong to China in 1997. And at that time, China was a true blue communist country. I realized that uh, having lived in Hong Kong Ever since I was born, I was very, very attuned to the capitalistic environment of Hong Kong. You know, and then I said, maybe I should make a move. At that time, I was working for an American multinational advertising agency in Hong Kong. And the name of the company was J. Walter Thompson. Because of the fact that I was lucky to have a chance to be transferred from Hong Kong to Singapore for a three-year contract with JWT, in short, in Singapore. But after three years, my wife and I decided to continue staying in Singapore. And we had decided to choose Singapore as our, our home base, and we have become Singaporeans. We like Singapore, and that's the reason why we feel that Singapore is a fantastic place for, for, for us. But of course, at that time, we didn't really know or couldn't predict 
the changes that have happened in China over the past 30 years. I was with this company called Jay Water Thompson for about 10 years, and then I moved to another multinational advertising agency from Europe, and its name was Euro RSCG. Now it is rebranded as Harvest Group. I was there for two years as a senior partner. In the advertising industry, <laughs> everything is unpredictable. And uh, after two years, at that time, I was working as a senior partner in charge of all the multinational IT companies that they had. But at that time, we, we lost one account, which was Compaq Computers. It was the biggest account of the entire team. It was not because of our performance in Asia Pacific, I, I was there, but because of international alignment, Compact Computers decided to align its advertising business with one American advertising agency by the name of Lintus. So without any reasons, we lost the business. Then I started my own business uh, as a sort of advertising agency doing advertising and graphic design. What year was that you started? I started is about 20 plus years ago. What really inspired me to start my, my business uh, was that it was my childhood dream. If you know the Chinese culture, especially people from Hong Kong, everybody wants to become a boss. Regardless of how big, how small the business is, we all want to be a boss to, to really run our business. It's my dream when, when I was young. Even when I was in probably secondary one or two, I always dreamt of having my own business. So I said, okay, maybe this is about time uh, for me to start a, a business. I didn't really hesitate because I, I thought that it is the opportunity for me to take the plunge and start my small business to see how it goes. Ever since, everything changed. In the first year, my take-home pay at that time was similar to what I used to do as a senior partner of the multinational advertising agency. And then in the second and third year, the business really boomed. Then I said, wow, hallelujah, never look back. Then during the dot-com boom period, I saw the opportunity of the internet. I said to myself, if there is no internet bandwidth restrictions, constraints, this could be an extremely, a very, very powerful kind of channel of communications. Then I Again, made me a decision to switch from advertising to the internet. I have to share with you that I have no training in computer engineering, but I've been doing a lot of advertising work for computer companies. So then how could I start? I asked myself, I, I didn't really know anything about the internet. And what could I do? 
then God provided me with a computer engineer who just got his degree from NTU in Singapore. He wanted to start his own business. So we decided to partner together. He was in charge of all the engineering issues and I was responsible for business development and marketing. And uh, it, it was a perfect solution to, to the problem that I had, you know, because I didn't know anything about the internet. But that was more than 20 years ago. It was a really good solution. Then I realized one thing. At that time, I had already got my MBA degree from Henry Brunel. Then I said to myself, I could learn. I could learn, you know. I never stopped learning ever since. Now, after more than 20 years, I've I become very familiar with all kinds of technologies. That's the journey that I had over the past more than 30 years in Singapore. That is my, my background. I'm still running this iSmart communication. Oh, by the way, come, come back to the partnership. The partnership went on for more than 10 years. And then we have different visions for the business, you know, because I always believe that in order to survive in a highly competitive market, we, we have to really maintain profitability for the company. If, if the business is not profitable, very soon we'll die. Whereas my, my partners did not think so, you know, because they wanted to have a bigger office, bigger team, even though they were not making money in the last maybe two, three years before I left the, the company. So in the end, we said, okay, maybe we should part ways in order to really have our visions implemented. You know, and uh, now I, I don't own that company anymore. I sold all the shares back to my partner. And then uh, I focused very much on iSmart Communications. And we keep changing. And we keep changing the business, you know, because the, the business has gone through a lot of changes. Yeah, we, we are still surviving in, in this downturn. That, that's my history. Oh, by the way, um, before I got my MBA, my first qualification was, believe it or not, an accountant from the UK. I was a member of the International Accountants Association. And then I started learning more about marketing. And then I became a member of, I, I passed all the exams of the Charter Institute of Marketing and then the Institute of Advertising of the UK. You know, all these are the, the background qualifications that I had. So now here, I'm, I've been here for more than 30 years and I still enjoy the business. That That's what I can share with you. But it is a tough environment now because of the COVID-19 downturn. Uh, we survived COVID-19, but 2023 will be even a bigger challenge to this industry because we predict that the whole world is going to slow down and uh, the economies of the world will have tremendous pressure on any business, especially small business businesses like ours do you think that's an opportunity for the future 
the pressures that businesses will be uh, under in 2023? As a matter of fact, we, we have changed a lot over the past, I would say, one and a half years. Especially in Singapore, the costs of operations are very high. It's getting higher and higher. And the number of people who have gone through, let's say, intermarketing training or computer engineering training are very much in demand over the past three years. That's why the, the costs of staffing in Singapore are extremely high. And it became a, a big problem for us. But fortunately, uh, we have found a solution last year. We, we decided to outsource. Basically, we hire people who are not in Singapore, but working in their own countries with us on a day-to-day -day basis. Then we are able to control the costs so that we can survive. But there are opportunities. I, I sincerely believe that there will be a major shakeout shake up in, in the industry this year. Because Singapore, you know how big Singapore is. A lot of digital marketing agencies are surviving on the government grants. But no matter how you look at it, the cost is too high. It becomes extremely hard to maintain the operation in Singapore with Singaporeans. So what we have to do is we, we have to work with our partners and outsource uh, staff in other countries to enable us to really provide quality service at a more reasonable cost. Because the market environment is changing, but I can see that after the shake-up in 2023, then the future will be a totally different ballgame. I predict that a lot of companies in, in our industry will have a hard time this year. All they have to do is to see how they can manage the cost and expand the business. But the internet marketing business or digital marketing business continues to be a major driver in marketing. And the traditional media business is going to... So, in fact, it's already happening. It's already happening now. Most of the traditional media are not. So it is the internet, the mobile internet, Business that that will be booming. Now that's that's my prediction. Twenty twenty three is going to be a tough year for 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 agencies in this industry. You mentioned that you studied at Henley Brunel in London. How no, did you get? I was I was doing a sort of distance learning program with Singapore Institute of Management. And um, at that time, there were only two MBA programs available in Singapore, part-time MBA. One was with National University of Singapore. The other one was with Singapore Institute of Management. I managed to go into the Singapore Institute of Management MBA program, which was managed by Henley Brunel um, faculties. You know, in, in fact, uh, we study in Singapore, but the degree came from Brunel University. But the program content was from Henley Management College at that time. It was not a university. That's why Henley and Brunel partnered 
together to provide this program. Let's let's just uh, yeah. Let me just ask you about the Brunel alumni. It was Henley, wasn't it? You haven't actually studied in the UK, or have you? Have you visited the UK? <laughs> I will tell you that uh, I have never been to the universities. Ah, never, never, no, no, never. But I met, for example, like all the senior leaderships of both Henley and Brunel. You know, they, they came over before COVID. And when I was the president of the Henley alumni here, every year they, they send that a sort of senior leadership team to Asia. At that time, I was the president of the alumni here. So I had the privilege of meeting all of them every year. And in, in fact, it, it was a very good opportunity for us to really build some networks. As a matter of fact, at that time, they were telling me that they were going to China to explore the opportunities of setting up a sort of faculty or university campus over there, at least establish their own foothold in China. And that, that was the time. The Brunel alumni has allowed you to meet a lot more Brunel alumni. In fact, the Brunel alumni is very different from the Henley alumni. What are the differences? It used to be called the Henley MBA alumni. And then right before COVID-19 started, it was changed to Henley alumni. The, the reason was that um, we realized at that time there were no new graduates from the Henley Management School. So you, you're saying it was changed to Henley alumni or? No, it was called Henley MBA alumni or Henley Brunel MBA alumni. Henley Brunel MBA alumni. Then they, they divorced. During Hassani and, and Brunel decided to part ways. And then Brunel continued with his own journey and Henley was sold to a university from England. It has got a campus in Iskander in Malaysia. Reading University. Um, it is now a part of Reading University. So in other words, they have become competitors. It used to be called Henley Brunel MBA. Then we changed the name to Henley MBA Alumni. And then later on, we realized that um, being an MBA alumni was very restrictive. All the non-MBA degree holders cannot join us. So we broadened the name by taking away MBA. So it is now called Henley alumni, Singapore. And then Brunel alumni was started by Chris. I could feel the differences between the two alumni. What are the differences? The, the Brunel alumni is having a lot more Caucasians, non-Chinese, whereas Henley, which was started as a single-based program, has, I would say, 95% or 99% of its members who are Singaporeans. Very different. You know, but I love to, at, to, to attend both because I can see the differences. 
as a matter of fact, I, I, I really admire Chris, Chris Hardy, I said, and he was the guy who has been pushing Brunel alumni for so many years. That's why whenever I, I could, I attended his functions, events. I was the president of the alumni or Henry alumni for six years is a long time. At one time, some, some people would say that, why don't you become president forever? I said, no, 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 I'm not Lee Kuan Yew. I, I don't want to become a president for life. You know, I just let somebody else run the, the show. But it was really great fun when, when I was the president. It was really great fun. We had so much fun together. Because of my active participation in the alumni, I have a lot more friends from Singapore. Then I can become a true blue Singaporean. I can integrate into the society that I didn't really grow up with. Fantastic strategy. And after that, I have served many other organizations as a volunteer, including my church. I was with Singapore Institute of Management, uh, marketing and strategic groups as president and vice presidents for more than 10 years. My, my whole strategy is to provide services, voluntary services to the communities so that I have more friends. In, in my opinion, it is a very good way to do it. And people know that through working together, they know you, you know, because you are committed. They also appreciate. That's, that's why I feel that it is important and uh, for us to do that. And I, I came here as a foreigner, but now I'm a true blue Singaporean, but I don't speak um, English with the Singapore accent. <laughs> Is that deliberate? No, no, no. Because I speak many languages. How many languages? Uh, sometimes I, I've lost count. <laughs> I didn't realize this until about eight years ago, nine years ago. I, I love travels. I, I travel to many, many countries in the world. But in Asia, uh, every year I always go to Thailand, Japan, and Vietnam. But I, I didn't really have the ability to communicate with the local people, especially Thailand. I, I really love Thailand. But I, I couldn't get myself understood. So I decided to change myself. And then I started really learning how to speak Thai. And uh, after, you know, at that time, there was no internet. Now it's much easier to, to get uh, Google Translate to do it for us. Then I did it in the hard way. But now I could speak Thai, Vietnamese, and Japanese as a tourist. <laughs> as a tourist, I could really go to all kinds of places with the ability to communicate with the locals. On top of that, it, I only realized that um, recently that I love languages. At this point in time, I'm now trying to pick up two other languages. One is the local dialect, Kohokan, which is very popular in Singapore and Malaysia. But as someone from Hong Kong, I, I couldn't really speak that dialect, but I'm now trying to pick it up on top of that because I have many Filipino colleagues working from the Philippines for, for us. So I'm trying to pick up Tagalog, Tagalog, which is the Filipino language as well. So <laughs> it's fun 
it is really fun when, when you could communicate with um, many people with their own language. I'm sure you know that you studied Chinese for so many years. So how's your Mandarin? How can people get in touch with you? I'm active on LinkedIn. But um, if I tell you that we are using LinkedIn day in, day out for our business, I'll tell you more about how we use it next time when we meet. <laughs> there are so many things that I would like to share with you because there's no point to hide. In this world, it is it is sharing that matters. And we, we all have different experiences. We all learn. And uh, as a result, we know a little bit more than other people if we continue to learn. That's all I can say.